Welcome to International Voices with Udo Flug. I am your host, Udo Flug. If right now you're thinking, wait a minute, I know that voice, it's because for the past year, the trail 103.3 has invited me every month to talk about the four worldview films screening every spring and fall at the Roxy Theater on their Monday morning program. I'm very excited to host International Voices Monthly throughout 2020. The 30-minute podcast will be published the first Thursday of every month and will feature a guest and inform the listening audience about upcoming new as well as established international programming events and activities, collaborations, celebrations about all things cultural and global in the Garden City. For those of you hearing me for the first time, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Udo Fluck, and I was born and raised in Wiesbaden, Germany. I went to elementary, middle, and high school there and came to Missoula in 1989 to study broadcast journalism. I graduated with a bachelor's, two masters, and a PhD from UM and founded and directed the University of Montana's Multicultural Learning Solutions Program in 2004 and guided it until 2013. I served as the director of Global Gateway from 2013 to 2016, which was at the time the largest multicultural education office in Montana on a university campus in regard to seminar and training output. I still teach 400 and 600 level graduate evening and weekend courses at UM once or twice a year in the area of cross-cultural management in the College of Business. Between 2016 and 2018, I focused on developing and providing seminars for business professionals, companies, and nonprofit organizations in Missoula and across the state of Montana. Since 2018, I oversee the Office of Global and Cultural Affairs in Arts Missoula, the designated arts agency of the city of Missoula. At Arts Missoula, we believe that art and culture are vital to the strength and growth of our community. We are dedicated to see strong arts and cultural programs in our schools, to increase public and private support for local arts and cultural activities, and to connect and engage community through these creative and educational experiences. There are actually two educational programs housed in Arts Missoula, Spark Arts, which is directed by Sienna Solberg, and my office, the Global and Cultural Affairs Office, which focuses on developing and providing individual skill enhancement seminars and complete competence building programs that focus on cultural diplomacy and global competence skills. The programming and services offered through global and cultural affairs benefit not only the Missoula community, but also the region, state, and nation. The Office of Global and Cultural Affairs has four branches an outreach program into Missoula County Public Schools, offering seminars to students and teachers, a city and county employee training branch, programming and services for the Missoula community, which includes 
the International Community Speaker Series, which we inaugurated last fall, and the Worldview Film Series, which started in fall of 2018. Both take place at the Roxy Theater, both on different Mondays of the month at 7 p.m. Both are free to the public. How is that possible, you might ask? Well, it is because of wonderful sponsors in our community, like our series sponsors, U.S. Bank, Rydeck Law Firm, Lake Missoula Tea Company, and the Krylik Family Foundation, and individual film sponsors, like the International Rescue Committee, Soft Landing, Pink Grizzly, and SG Long Financial. On Monday, February 17th, we continue with the first of three community speaker presentations this spring, titled Two Years Living and Teaching in the Sultanate of Oman. This one is presented by Dylan Dwyer, a Missoula musician and educator. The Worldview Film Series also continues this spring with four films focusing on cultures at the table, which is also the theme for this spring. The first film is on Monday, March 23rd, which is Chocolat, a British-American romantic drama produced in 2000. I will talk more about that film and the other three films that focus on food in movies this spring in my March podcast. The Office of Global and Cultural Affairs has one more branch, cultural and educational exchanges through strategic sister city partnerships. That's what I would like to focus on in this inaugural podcast, Missoula's International Sister City Connections. And it's my great pleasure to have my first guest, Tom Benson, who is the executive director of Arts Missoula. And Tom has been involved with uh, Missoula's sister city for many years. I would like to welcome Tom and ask him to tell us a little bit about his involvement with the Sister City program. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you, Udo. To begin with, the Sister City idea is something that's been around for many years. Unofficially, it's been around for a long time. There are examples of sister cities in parts of Europe going back several hundred years, actually. But it really picked up steam and it really picked up new energy after World War II, particularly between cities in Germany and France. Historically, as you know, Germany and France have been at war off and on with each other. But at the same time, there were citizens throughout the years of both countries that thought, why do we have to fight? Maybe there's more in common than there are differences. So there have been unofficial sister cities between cities in, in, in Germany and France for many years. Following World War II, there was a big push to prevent another world war on many different levels. And when Dwight Eisenhower was president, he began what he called the people-to-people -people program, citizen diplomacy. And part of that was making the sister city idea official. And the sister city international has been an organization based out of Washington, D.C. since 1956. Long time. The, the mission of Sister Cities International is to promote peace 
and mutual understanding, one citizen at a time. I love that. You need to kind of pause and let that sink in. Peace and mutual understanding. There are about 3,000 sister city partnerships throughout the world. Montana has not been overly active in the sister city idea. It has really taken root in some of the larger cities, New York, Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco. They have many sister cities. Montana doesn't have too many, but Missoula has two. And they both have really emerged from the academic part of of our society, the University of Montana. Both of our sister cities began with faculty exchanges. We have two sister cities, one in Neckargemund, Germany, which is a suburb of Heidelberg, and the other is in Palmerston North, New Zealand. Both Heidelberg and Palmerston North have major universities. The University of Heidelberg is one of the oldest universities uh, in Europe, and Palmerston North is the home of Massey University. And of course, Missoula is the home of the University of Montana. So in both cases, the sister city partnership began with faculty exchanges, and then that broadened to student exchanges, and then that broadened to community exchanges. And after a while, the citizens of both Missoula and Palmerston North, as well as Missoula and Neckargemund later on, decided that they would take it beyond the university and have it to be an official city-to-city exchange. And so it it involves the mayors of both cities uh, signing agreements. So that's sort of the history of sister cities generally. And in Missoula, the Palmerston North Sister City Partnership began in, in the early 1980s, 1983. Uh, Professor Harold Bockemule, uh, who is a geologist, I believe, got his master's degree at Massey University. And he also was then taught at the University of Montana. But he always loved his time and the people he knew in Massey. And he kept going back. And that's where our Sister City Partnership began there. In Neckargemund, it began with a faculty exchange between Jerry Fetz from the University of Montana, who's still very involved in the Sister City program, and Erich Pohl from Heidelberg. They had a faculty exchange, and then that eventually blossomed into student exchange and then Sister City exchange. Thank you, Tom. I think that that is really important to know that the Sister City program is not something that was started fairly recently, but actually goes back decades. And which one of the two is the older connection? Palmerston North has been a sister city with us since 1983, I believe. Neckargemund since 1994. So they've both been around a long time. Palmerston North's been around a little longer in terms of that partnership. Now, what is the importance of twin city programs when one sort of looks at the deeper impact of it. Looking at the big picture of what I said, the the idea of citizen diplomacy or what's called cultural diplomacy, promoting peace and mutual understanding, I can only agree with that. You can't disagree with that idea. But I also think that we can learn a lot if we reach out beyond our immediate surroundings. We can learn a lot from people, other parts of the world, other cultures. We will learn that we are actually more similar than we are different. There are some concrete things we can learn. As cities grow and develop, we can take a look at how are they how are they dealing with, with housing? How yeah. are they dealing with development? How are they dealing with very s- certain social issues? What is their tax policy? What yeah. is their overall government policy? There's, there's a lot of sort of nuts and bolts thing we can learn 
as well as what can we learn culturally? What can they teach us? Right. It's one of the most important things, I think, is when we've had exchanges with, with groups from Palmerston North, I immediately struck by how the indigenous people of New Zealand play such a large role in their day-to-day life and all sorts of ceremonial activities, and we can learn from that. So, Tom, can you tell us about some sister city activities of the past that sort of stood out, that really were something new and innovative that connected the two places? The way the sister city succeeds or doesn't succeed is is based on human energy, and, it, and it's based on significant number of people who have an interest in that part of the world and want to take that interest to that part of the world, and we can help them We can administer that for them and and sort of help pave the way. The first time I was actually aware of the whole Sister City Partnership, I wasn't involved in in Arts Missoula at all, but I did did sing in Missoula Symphony Chorale, and a group of members from the chorale were going on a tour one summer to Austria and a little bit to France. And then at the end of our tour, we were going to go to Germany to our sister city. And I said, oh, okay. So a group of us went to Neckargamund and we we sang some concerts there. We met the choir there and we had some joint concerts there. And what I didn't realize was it was the official signing of the Sister City Partnership. And Mayor Dan Chemis was there in attendance and there were a number of people from the university, a number of people from the Missoula City Hall. And there was a large ceremony where where they they officially signed the sister city agreement i was very moved by that and years later i became the director of arts missoula and then i became part of the sister city program and what's happened is over the years there's been a number of choirs that have toured some of those choirs actually came to missoula as part of the international choral festival from both palmerston north and neckargamund There have been a group of quilters organized by the Jeanette Rankin Peace Center who went to the New Zealand National Quilting Exhibition. There's been a connection between the rugby community here in Missoula and, of course, rugby is the national sport of New Zealand. When the Missoula Maggots decided that they wanted to go to the World Cup that was in New Zealand, they spent a few days in Palmerston North and and were were, were treated like kings by by the by the city there because they came from the sister city here. So there's lots of of human energy that goes into that can, that can be many things as 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 varied as rugby and choir. There's also been examples of theater director from Palmerston North who had right. a grant to come to come to the United States, and so we tied that in with coming to Missoula. But this also, in a unique way, shows that it's not just benefiting a community such as Missoula in one area, but it's actually many different areas or many different people within a community that might find this of a benefit to participate. That's right. Uh, And I think the the benefit is clearly a two-way street, as in you could actively go and be part of a group that goes abroad. But whenever a group comes, of course, you have individuals that one can provide a homestay for or one can involve the individual in some activities on location. So I think that the, the nice way is that it is sort of a little bit of everything. One can be involved and actually go places 
but also be the host. That's right. When people come from the sister city. Right. And there's also been a, a big student exchange part of, of the program, which I hadn't, hadn't really gone into. Students from all of, of, of Missoula County Public Schools traveled to Neckargamund, and, and then Neckargamund students came to Missoula. There's also been, in the past, a Vienna program right. where students go to, to Europe and, and music students would go and they'd study. They spend a lot of time in Neckargamund. There's opportunity for student exchange. There's opportunity for social groups right. to go. Uh, there's opportunity for, for professionals to right. go as well. When I think back about my own involvement in this, it goes back to when I was, uh, when I was growing up in Germany and the fact that when I was eight, the city that I lived in, um, Nauhut, which is part of the larger city of Wiesbaden, in 1975 twinned with a French city. And you were just talking earlier about a lot of the sister city connections between Germany and France have started right after World War II and the fact that, that nations had fought a war but that individuals were sort of saying, we were never involved in this, or we, don't, we didn't have any sort of negative feelings for the other country or for the people in that country. And so I think it was this way of back in 1975, even though the war was decades over, but there was still sort of this idea of, can we do something on the smaller level? Can we do something on the level of just one community interacting with another community. Right, right. And I remember as an eight-year-old when my parents, when this whole idea came up of twinning the cities Fondette, France, and Nauhut, Germany, my parents were involved from the first minute on in the advisory board. And then I remember going as, as a student to France and I had French in school at the time, so there was sort of this practical aspect of practicing the language. And, uh, and, and you know, it's all about, I think, opening one's eyes. That's and, right. And, and opening your horizon of where you would normally see the end of, of, uh, of what you can grasp in your own community. Now, all of a sudden, your eyes are opened to a much broader community. And I remember interacting with with kids in, in schools in, in Fondette, interacting with community members, same thing. We had homestays, so you stayed with a family and the family would do things with you and take you to a sports event or to the museum or to a musical event. But it was those early days that I think got me interested and perhaps even when I think about it today, the reason why I'm here and why I'm not in Germany may actually be at the root the fact that I was involved as an eight-year-old, you know, in a sister city program that had an educational and a cultural component to it. And so growing up and having learned English and French in school and having had those practical experiences, I think in a way might have influenced me to be open-minded enough to leave Nauhut in 1989 to come to Missoula and to study at the University of Montana because it wasn't such a foreign concept because I had as a child already sort of seen how it's done or seen the benefit of it. In 1975 uh, was sort of the official start of this, of this uh, sister city partnership between my hometown and Fondette in France. And then in 1976, a year later, an official 
association was started in my hometown, and then it really sort of was a, an organized sort of program where, you know, there was a very regular exchange right. of students and of adults that would right. visit each other. Right. And I think it needs to be stressed that going and visiting the country is not is not the only thing, <laughs> and, and or them coming to Missoula is not the only part of the sister city exchange, and that's that can be quite costly. So there are many other ways that one can be involved in the sister city program. One way, particularly with technology today, that there we have actually had examples of classrooms that Skype during right. the day. Well, I think the landscape has changed right. quite a bit from the original idea right. of uh, the only way to have an international experience was to actually go internationally right. somewhere. Right. Where today, like you said, you know, even in elementary schools in Missoula, there are programs in place where you can connect via Skype or right. via some kind of a video communication conference software to another place halfway around the world right. and kids can interact with each other and uh, you know speak different languages or uh, talk about different things they do but with technology of course uh, that has all changed and i think that's why it's important to look at these programs from the way they were conceived perhaps some 40 years ago and how they might change Right. Or my, how they might have changed over the years, so that they that they stay beneficial for the communities that they're that they're in, right? And then we also every year we have uh, we present German Fest in Karis Park to celebrate our German heritage, and we also have a New Zealand Day every year, which is very often centered a around a touch rugby tournament, right? So there is there are ways to celebrate the Sister City Partnership at home. One of the, the most fun, most recent ways you can celebrate the Sister City Partnership at home is that we now have a Sister City beer with hops from one place right. and, and um, malt from the other place, right. put it together, right. and we have a Sister City beer. So that's right. It's just one way of saying, oh, yes, we, we have this, we, there's this place on the other side of the world that we're connected to. Right. And I think that example of the Sister City beer, which, by the way, for our listeners, was a collaboration mm -hmm. uh, that happened last year in the fall, was sort of the idea of expanding the original student exchange idea and broaden it to other members of the community, uh, business professionals, um, city officials, what have you, to, to also benefit from the program. Because I believe that uh, it's not just students that can benefit from these programs, but it's also adults uh, or anybody that is not a student that could also benefit from the program. And the the Sister City Beer uh, last year uh, was possible because of sort of an extended professional development stay of Tony Grace, mm -hmm. the uh, international relations manager from our sister city in Palmerston North that came and was the first sort of participant of a longer program, an exchange idea of not just typically a, a week or two or three, um, but to actually have a, a two-month professional development. And I think for her, it was very beneficial talking to her about what you said earlier. It's about the things that we can learn from each other. And right. especially when we look at 
cities that are, well, either the same in in size or pretty close in size, um, or that have sort of the same makeup, like both being university cities or both having, in case of uh, uh, Palmerston North and Missoula, having a river run through them and mm -hmm. sort of uh, there seems to be the same topography or at least a similar structure of the downtown and the surrounding area. And I think the, the big topics that we are, that we're tackling, uh, such as housing or healthcare or transportation, that every community of a certain size has to come up with solutions. It's really neat, and from talking to Tony last year, to sort of have this opportunity to learn from the Twin City. That's right. And to then bring these ideas back to your own community and to say, hey, in my uh, two months abroad, it's an interesting way of looking at a transportation issue that we've been facing. And here's what our sister city came up with. That's and right. yeah. probably we can uh, model our solution after that or so that we don't reinvent a wheel, but that we actually learn from each other and, and probably even from each other's mistakes over time. That's right. That's right. On another side of it, there are things that you will learn about people in the other part of the world that you wouldn't necessarily think about. You wouldn't hear if your only source of information was, was mainstream news. Right. And the, the example I can think of is I was visiting a year, year and a half ago. I was, I was in Neckargamund for a short visit. And at that time, there were many protests in Germany and some of them quite violent or potential of violence. There was a lot of stress and strain over the immigration issue. And that's what was in the news. And it was startling and it was very frightening to see how these protests were being carried on in various parts of Germany. Well, I was in Neckargamund and they had a citywide festival. And among other things, they had little stages around town and stuff. And at one stage, they had Middle Eastern belly dancing all day. Belly dancing groups from all over the region. And they weren't immigrants. They were, they were Germans who were very fascinated with right. the idea of belly dancing. Right. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, you don't hear this. And then I thought of, well, how is that similar to Missoula? Well, in Missoula, there's always been a real popularity in African drumming. Right. Aren't a whole lot of Africans living in Missoula, right. but there is a fascination with that part of the culture and there's an appreciation of that part of the culture. Right. And I, I never would have thought of the appreciation of just average Germans to Middle Eastern belly dancing until I saw a, a complete day of almost a dozen different groups from all over the region all doing their belly dancing right. in, in Neckargamund. It was quite fascinating. Well, I think it's all about perspectives. And if you don't have that opportunity to have that perspective, then then you don't even know what you're missing. That's right. But once you, you can experience that and you can, you know, it broadens your mind. You think about things differently. That's right. And you probably, hopefully, make a connection to your own community and sort of uh, say to yourself, wow, that's a, an interesting way of, uh, of celebrating a diverse community yep. or, or, the, or celebrating the diversity within a community. What are some of the things you see coming down the road here for our sister city program? I think it's important for our audience to know how much has been going on. Mm -hmm. And just the other day, we compiled a list in the office and we came up with, for sure, 20 exchanges over the last three decades. So 
that brings us to a pretty good average when we think about it. It's mm -hmm. not like these things are not happening for a decade, but there's actually fairly consistently this back and forth of, uh, of exchanges going on. But in looking at the program when I first joined the office, I noticed that it was conceived 40 years ago under the technology setup that existed at the time. And especially for the student exchange, this was probably about the only sort of real interaction that people could have other than going to a library and checking out a book. Today, where we have internet technology, and if somebody wants to know how indigenous people somewhere else in the world live, or how a specific language or how a specific song sounds or, or is translated, you go to a program on the internet and you hit translate and it, it happens in front of your eyes. And so technology has, I think, aided in, in all of this and, and to some degree brought us closer together. But one could argue that it remains an artificial experience. And no matter what you can do, uh, technology-wise, it isn't as good as the real person-to-person -person interaction. And so I think taking that into consideration and modifying those programs a little bit and looking at, okay, so what are the needs today and what are young people doing and what is available to them at their fingertips and are some things not as important anymore? Have they been pushed on the back burner or can I, as a student, get some information much easier through the internet may have taken some of the luster away that these student exchange components had at one point mm -hmm. because it was the only way to get this international experience. And so I think modifying that a little bit, and we've talked about the idea of, of sort of looking at a modification of these culture and language immersion program idea to to expand it to, to include non-students. So community members, professionals that might learn from each other by actually going in an exchange program to the sister city and interacting with people there and uh, exchanging ideas. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything from uh, production to distribution and marketing. I think for the sister city beer idea last year, the individuals that were involved in that wanted to learn how beer is made and distributed in another country and what sort of uh, you know similarities and differences may be there so they, they could bring the idea back to Palmerston North and implement it there. So I think what I see is perhaps a broader approach to this, hopefully getting a broader audience involved in these programs so that they're not just for students anymore. And of course, the student arm can continue, mm -hmm. but I think opening it up to a broader audience. And when we talked about it originally, the idea was between Neckargemünd and Germany, mainly because of the language interest. And so for a long time, this program remained exclusive to German language students. At Hellgate, for example, it was for many, many years through the foreign language program, the component that was teaching German at Hellgate, that those students were the ones that would go. And I think this should be opened up to any student mm -hmm. in a school district that wants to go because you could have another motivation on why you want to go abroad, not just the language. 
And language isn't the issue anymore because you can function in Germany even uh, with English. I mean, you don't have to be a German speaker, but you could have an interest in uh, history. You could have an interest in forestry. You could have an interest in any subject that is taught in a school, and it wouldn't have to be limited to German language. So I think opening these programs to make it available to a wider student audience might be interesting to see who else would like to join a group like that. Yeah. And so that I, I, I foresee for, for um, sort of a invigorating of the, the student arm. And then this new, this new arm, this sort of an idea of making this available for community members, for, for city employees, for uh, you know, members of the city council, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the unique fact that Tony Grace, who was here uh, last year from Palmerston North, is actually a city council member in Palmerston North. And right. so perhaps there is interest in the future to have on that level an exchange where city council members uh, in all of the sister cities involved might say, we can learn on that level and improve our own sister city connection or our own city operations by, by learning on how our sister city does it. So those are the things that, that, that I envision for growth or for an expansion of the program beyond its original idea of just servicing primarily German language students. That sort of ties into the fact that any way that you can see a connection That's right. is, 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 is a good way to follow. We mentioned rugby. We mentioned quilters. Right when uh, there, there is a, a large public art piece in right. Palmerston North right. that was painted by Willow Kipp, former uh, University of Montana student, an artist, and she painted uh, a, a large side of a building of, uh, in, in traditional Blackfeet ledger art. That's in Palmerston North. There are any number of ways in which you can exploit the exchange possibility. Right. And I think that, uh, again, ties back to, to the fact that it isn't benefiting a community in one area only. When you really look at it, it's hugely beneficial to a community and could benefit recreational activities, art, business in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think having, having this connection to an outside place not only allows us to see how things are done somewhere else, but also how we could, what we could learn and how we could tackle some of the issues. And probably through that, uh, come up with, uh, with solutions to problems that we might have not come up with on our own. And it's all an, an effort to promote peace and, it, and mutual understanding. And I think that's exactly it. So I think from my perspective, overseeing now the, the Sister City program through global and cultural affairs, I think there is certainly a lot of activity and new development that is happening to programs that are decades old and that hopefully we will decades from now look back and say we, we changed a few things and we made them more appropriate for the new technology that is around and for different interests that people have. But I think here and there you hear people ask, is this even uh, still of relevance to have sister city connections? And I think it probably is more important than ever when we look at the bigger picture 
on what we can do on a small level to improve, you know, relations between, between people. So thank you, Tom, for being my guest today in the first International Voices with Udo Fluk podcast. I want to sort of at the end of this, and, and we've had you now listen to us for the last uh, 30 minutes, um, sort of rephrase what the idea of this is. Tom and I just the other day talked with the executive director, the new executive director of the Montana World Affairs Council. And we were talking about the importance of collaboration. And we were talking about the fact that there are people in Missoula, it's a small group of people that are involved in international programming. And I think uh, having a monthly podcast could really help not only to promote what we are doing in Arts Missoula, in the global and cultural affairs area, but also what else is going on in town. What is the Montana World Affairs Council doing? What is the Montana World Trade Center doing? What are activities that are that are focused on cultural and international competence development? What's happening? Who is coming to town that is speaking on an international topic? What's going on culturally in town that we want people to know about? I think this monthly podcast can be almost like a an information board of sorts that tells people about upcoming events. And so it's not it's not just about one area, it's about all of us. And it's about cross-promoting and it's about working together and with everybody that, that I've worked with and over the last, not only as Director of Global and Cultural Affairs in Arts Missoula, but also over the last 20 years in the Missoula community and in the University of Montana, I think we have accomplished a lot, but all of this is only possible because of teamwork and because of people working together. And we're not in this for our own benefit, but we are in this to benefit a community. Thank you for listening of this inaugural podcast of International Voices with Udo Fluk, and I'm excited to have Missoula Mayor John Engen as my guest next month in March. So please join us again. Thank you.